I am never going to forgive her. I remember thinking those thoughts toward my mom when I was in the fourth grade. Now, I'm not sure that I totally understood the power of those words at that time, but they came from this place of immense hurts because my great aunt had just died from a long, long battle with cancer. And it was the first time in my life when someone so close to me had, had to suffer from a disease like that and had to, had to ultimately, ah, sure, all right. I am never going to forgive her. I remember thinking those words toward my mom when I was in the fourth grade because of what my mom had done. My great aunt Cell had just passed away. And as I had watched how she suffered for the last two years, trying to fight stomach cancer that just kept on spreading, it was, it was hard for me to hear the news that she had, had died. And it was the first time in my life when I had to experience the loss of somebody that was so close and to have, to have gone through it in such a way. And I didn't quite know what to do with all of that. And with the fact that I wasn't gonna be able to see her again, I wasn't gonna be able to go to her house and sit in her kitchen and drink the iced tea that was always the best and eat all the, the treats that she had ready for me. I wasn't gonna be able to sit and hear her and my grandma talk and talk. I wasn't gonna be able to hear her laugh. And at the time, I was at her visitation and I had I'd been to visitations before. I knew that it was a time of sharing and family being together, but I knew that there was something that happened after and I knew that, that you often end up at the cemetery. But at that time, I didn't really know what any of that meant or what it was like or what it all meant or how important those things are too. And so I was at school that next day after the visitation and it dawned on me that I was missing what was now happening, her service. And I didn't totally know what I was missing, which maybe even made it worse because it felt as if I was missing out on this last, last opportunity that I had to say goodbye. And I just remember being so hurt that my mom hadn't told me about it, hadn't explained it to me, hadn't asked if I wanted to be there for all of that. Now looking back, I know that my mom didn't do any of that intentionally to hurt me or to get back at me for something I said or did to her. She was just trying to do the very best that she could. She was trying to do the best that she knew how. Was I fully ready to be at a funeral service? Could I even sit still and be quiet for that long? Could I, could I deal? with that reality of 
that point when her body was laid to its final resting place. Was I ready for that? And so she made the very best decision that she, that she knew how to do. But she didn't ask me. And so that was the part that hurt because I didn't know what I was missing. I wasn't even given that chance. Now, there were a lot of times as I look back that my mom could have held things against me too. All those times as a teenager when my anger at whatever she was telling me to do or not letting me do came out in not the kindest of ways toward her. She could have held all of that against me. And yet she didn't. She knew that I was just trying to do my best with where I was in whatever moment I was at in life. And even in the times in my life where I felt as if she owed me something, she would usually just step back and understand the feeling behind it or where it was coming from. And even if it was hard for her to have to deal with or accept, she didn't ever hold it against me. Now, it is human nature to hold on to things. Hey, it is human nature to hold on to the things that are not worth holding on to, that have no value of no good for us, that are no of no benefit for us. But we hold on to them because of how we have felt, of the hurt that they have caused us, of the ways in which we have perceived the things that have been said about us or toward us or things that have been done. And sometimes people don't even intend them as anything harmful or hurtful. But it ultimately doesn't matter. It becomes what we fixate on, hold on to. And then they're always within us, sort of like a cancer. And they don't lead us to anything good. But it's always easier to hold on to all of that, even if it's negative stuff, than it is to do the harder work of letting go. Letting go of the things that have happened Letting go of the things that we can't change. Letting go of the part that isn't ours, isn't our responsibility. It's so much easier to hold on to all of the things that have caused us pain and suffering. We'll come back to all that. First, we have to turn to our gospel for today. It actually picks up where we left off last week and we're, um, where Jesus has been leading us the last few weeks as he tries to teach Peter and the disciples and all of us about what is going to be needed when he no longer is here with us, of what is going to be needed from us to keep on continue, continuing this work that he has done of building up his kingdom, of what it's going to look like when it's up to us to be the ones who together help to interpret and understand, make known the scriptures for others, 
who help to make known God's ways and how they are so, so very different from that of the world's ways, especially in this matter. Because it's human nature to want to repay someone who's hurt us, to get back at them, to get even, for them to, to have to experience what they have caused for us in our lives. That's only human. But with God, there's a much different way. And so just before this, Jesus has been talking about how it's going to be up to the leaders, the us, the church, to, to also be the ones who, who bring people together, who, who make known what is most important of all that God has given to us and what maybe is not as important. And there's going to be disagreements for sure at times, but even in the midst of any conflict or disagreement, to know and to trust that Jesus will be present in the midst of it. And so as Peter hears that, then he immediately asks Jesus, well, okay, if someone has done something wrong against us, if someone has sinned against us, how many times should we forgive them? Like seven? That's a long time. That's a lot, right? Seven, a complete perfect number. Surely, that's way more than enough. And then Jesus surprises him and us with this like unbelievable number. No, 77 times. And you don't even think that a person could do that much wrong in the course of a lifetime. And yet, it's the number that Jesus gave us. And you know, it's probably symbolic too, hey? And so then he goes on to tell this parable about this king who decides to settle the accounts with all of his servants, who right from the very beginning, you know that there's just this unbalance in power. The king who has status and means and wealth and um, all of it. And these servants who don't have any voice, any say, any, probably anything of value, anything that they can own, how are they possibly going to be able to repay a debt, repay the king for their freedom? It's impossible. And yet the king allows it and grants it. And then the situation comes up where the servant doesn't extend any grace or mercy to the person who owes him. And Jesus seeks to make this point here about how it's it's much the same way with us. This God of ours who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast kindness forgives, forgives us, forgives us freely, forgives us even when we don't deserve to be forgiven, forgives us even when we don't even recognize we have done anything wrong, even when we do nothing to try to make things right with our neighbor, try to make things right with the person that we have harmed or hurt. God forgives us all of our sins. And then as we interact with people that we hardly know, know a little bit, those we're closest to, 
we don't have that same ability at times to show them the same kind of grace or love or mercy in return. And we hold on. We hold on to all of the bad, the negative, of all of the hurts and the things that have been done or said that we feel are against us. We hold on to all of the things that we feel are owed to us and, and try to, to have people repay. Or for the really big wrongs that we've experienced we might even get to a point where, where we wish that they would get what they have coming to them, what they deserve. Now that is very human too. And if you've been in that place, then you're not alone. And even if it's not a place of God's ways, it is a place that we've all been before. And yet that's where Jesus comes and reminds us that it's so much easier to hold on to than it is to let go. And yet in the times in which we are able to, maybe Maybe we go about that work of letting go by recognizing all the times in which we have known forgiveness, all the times in which we have received and experienced mercy and grace, all the times in which the debt against us has been forgiven, when it hasn't been held over us or against us. To remember those times and the power and the freedom that comes in those moments because then we might better be able to not just forget and move on but we might better be able to first try to understand where someone was was at what they were were thinking or trying to do whether or not we we misperceived something whether or not they even had any power to do something different or, or control the situation. And of course, you know that that's where there is such a, a wide spectrum and scale. There are the very little things in life. And there are the really big things. And this is why when it comes to forgiveness, we're also careful to just not just dismiss it because of course there's accountability in a, in, in up as a part of all of this and there should be but sometimes where there is not this uh, opportunity for reconciliation for ha to happen or um, the opportunity for someone to, to recognize what they've done and to change it or or to change their actions going forward. And those are the moments in which we need, we need a little extra help in the situation. We need God's help in God's ways to be able to do what, what we maybe can't do in our humanness. And I imagine that God has a plan for, for all of that. 
And maybe it has to do with this coming together. This coming together so that both sides can really hear and see the effect that words and actions have had. And this place where we are led to what God helps us to do. Helps us not just to see things from our perspective, but to really feel it from the other person's perspective. So that may be what could be possible in God's kingdom is this reconciliation, this coming together, this place of healing, this place of forgiveness that now becomes possible. So whatever this week looks like for you, as you think about all of these things, may you work on all of the simple things where you let go of the things that you recognize don't bring any good in holding on to them. You let go of them so that you can hold on to the freedom that happens in knowing that you are loved and forgiven and in what happens when you offer that to someone else. And if you're struggling with the harder, the harder parts of forgiveness, then go find someone to talk more about all of it with, to ask for a little help. And most of all, don't hesitate to seek out God in prayer for the means and strength and the ways of how to find, how to let go so that you can hold on to something better. Amen.